The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleiner. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, The Power of Water. I'm Sharon Kleiner. For many years, I have been studying for over 30 years, water, water, water. But I chose to study not only the water that we're living with on the surface of the earth, below the surface of the earth, and around our planet, but also the water vapor, that humidity you've heard about, water vapor, the greenhouse gas effects with water vapor. The water vapor from the moment you were born became your most important influence of your life. Is where you live and the air you're breathing. That became a focus. And we, without water on Earth, there would be no water vapor, humidity for you to stay alive, all of us. What are the symptoms of your life individually? The moment you were born in that delivery room, you opened your eyes. There are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike, and more. We're all different. We're all dehydrating differently. So that water vapor in the air is so influential. Water on the earth, water vapor, and what is happening with our cloud system. And we've been talking about this for so long. And the one influence I'm trying to express here throughout the world listening on Voice America and our Apple iTunes and our syndications is let's get together and learn more about the education that we're all providing, all of us, each one of us participate on the earth lasting forever. And But we, we can't do it without water on the surface, fresh water, and water vapor, and that cloud system that then influence each other and those aquifers. Example, here in America, I'm an American. Here in the United States of America, I'm coming to you from Oregon. I'm in southern Oregon in the Rogue River Valley, uh, sitting here on the famous Rogue River and the most beautiful rivers of the world and the mountains that are gorgeous with tall trees and green and gorgeous and, and water. We're even having challenges with water. The water's around us, but we're having challenges. Now, in America, there's no one, no place in the world that takes more, uses more water a day than in the Americans. After showering, using the bathroom and brushing our teeth and having one cup of coffee or tea, this typically takes 30 gallons of water. Now, I'm used to doing that, and many people in America and throughout the world are used to showering uh, and, and brushing their teeth, having a cup of coffee or tea, and um, using the facilities of the bathroom, and uh, that can be using over 30 gallons of water right there. 
after doing dishes with a dishwasher 12 gallons per load, running a washing machine 43 gallons of water per load, watering your lawn, which here in America we love our green lawns, 10 gallons per minute. By the time we go to bed, the average American is using 150 gallons of water a day. So, therefore, when I say the concerns I have about fresh water is serious, look what's happening in China. They have 118 rivers polluted. The particle, black particle, carbon particle in the air is polluting the waters, the water vapor they're breathing, and all of us around the world. We can go indoors with insulated windows and walls and have a pollution problem in America because we have insulated windows and walls and forced air heating and cooling. The subject matter has been coming up more and more thanks to people out there like ourselves and others that are really promoting this throughout the world. Water is overtaking oil as our scarcest natural resource in the world, says Stephen Solomon. And we've had Stephen Solomon on here. He's the author of a book called Water, the Epic Struggle, pardon me, Water, the Epic Struggle for Wealth, Power, and Civilization. And even we're going to find in the United States as well, that in the United States, by 2030, we could be short 40% of the water we require. Other books are out, Water Wars. Wars been going on around water since the beginning of time. Have you ever noticed that the cities and the communities and the villages are, are surrounded by, they go to water. At one point in 2001, the, the New York Times featured a full front page story on water scarcity. This was back in 2001. That's going to be a water scarcity and that in Texas we'll have a water scarcity. And even though oil has made them rich, the problem is, is they're not going to have the oil. They're, the liquid gold for Texas and other places in the world is going to be the water. The rotter that surrounds us, although always has been recognized as to everyone all over the world, as being the source of life. But, but what's going to happen when you don't have it? Will you go steal it from your neighbor? Will you go steal it, take it from the river coming from another state? The, the potential of this is very concerning. But we can all do something about it together. There's a book out there called Water Wars that you need to read about. And there's an uh, individual who wrote it, and I'm going to spell it. V-A-N-D-A-N-A-S-H-I-V-A. Vandana Shiva. Um, it's an excellent book on water wars. And uh, we have the world, a book that we've had Dr. Neil Grigg on here, Water Finance. Is becoming Water will become the most expensive part of your life in time because unless we begin to study it more and more and what we can do with it. And I can't emphasize it more, and that's what this show has been about. Today, I have an exciting guest. I was really looking forward to having him on for you to learn more about water and your life and your, your organisms and how you function as a body because we're functioning on 80% water. And those cells, up to 50 trillion of them in your body, must function with you drinking water 
every day and how you eat and how you conduct your life, uh, what you choose in your life. His name is Dr. Ray Peat. His last name is P-E-A-T, Ph.D. He comes from Eugene, Oregon. And the topic today is going to be aging, nutrition, and hormones, and we'll be talking a lot about water. We'll listen to our sponsor, Biologic Aqua Researches product, Nature's Tears I Missed, was is a technology to supplement the tear film of the surface of your eye. Did you know that the surface of your eye is 98% water and you have an aqueous middle layer in your tear film, a tear film? The doctors were never able to really discuss the tear film until there became a product to compare to. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is that 100% natural water to supplement for dry eye. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Dr. Pete. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Pete, are you with us? Yes, I am. Well, I thank Whoa. you for joining us. I know how busy you've been, and I've been really looking forward to this. Um, our, and our listeners around the world, I would like them to get to know who you are, and you have a Ph.D. in biology, and it's from the University of Oregon, and uh, was specializing in physiology. Now, but you've come, you've taught at many schools, and uh, you've been, continued your research, I could see, since way back in the 70s. Uh, you may have started earlier, but I want the audience to know you've continued in research a long time with your mission here to understand um, aging, nutrition, hormones, and more. But you can tell the audience what your focus has been for so long. I didn't uh, actually start professional biology study until 1968 okay. um, at, at the university and mm-hmm. uh, studied there uh, four years in physiology mm-hmm. and biochemistry. But mm-hmm. before that... Uh, Around 1950, I had uh, heard about Albert 
St. Georgie and the lectures. He went around the country uh, doing demonstrations of uh, uh, living tissue and uh, the state of water inside muscles, for example. And he could show that the uh, condition of the water as it affected molecules changed instantaneously when a muscle was stimulated or when a nerve was activated. And uh, I looked around to see who else was working on that kind of thing, and um, it was utterly uh, neglected by uh, the professional biologists. He happened to have uh, got interested in this line of thinking uh, many years earlier, got his Nobel Prize uh, working on vitamin C, but his real interest was in uh, how the uh, state of water changes between uh, life and death and uh, uh, different states of uh, energy production. Uh, so I had that in mind uh, all through the 60s, and I uh, taught a biology course in Ohio at a little college. And uh, while I was working uh, there, uh, uh, Linus Pauling uh, did some research that lined up with Albert St. George's and uh, he proposed that anesthetics work by altering the state of water in cells. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I looked around again and saw that uh, uh, the chemical uh, community was ignoring Linus Pauling, even though he had the Nobel Prize. Um, and uh, uh, these two uh, people were outstanding for their interest in how water uh, let's organisms uh, work. And uh, after several years, I decided uh, that despite the uh, established uh, academic science culture uh, lacking any interest in what I wanted to study, I, would, uh, I had enough experience with the universities to uh, go through, use their instruments to do the research I wanted uh, without getting indoctrinated by their belief that everything mm-hmm. is is governed by um, genes and molecules and membranes and so on. Why and, uh, do you think they left so much behind? Because as you you've known by far greater than I, uh, more studies that you've done is so far back in the 1500s, the 1800s, and more. They really were studying all of this, uh, w- uh, like Lawrence Henderson. Uh, who had a enormous lots a lot of research on water and the fitness of the environment and and these doctors and you have a doctor Gilbert Ling here uh, a PhD that I've read here that you discussed why do you think they left that all behind all that study um, it, it was um, a, a philosophical uh, doctrine that uh, took over uh, it related to the um, uh, mainline medicine, uh, mm-hmm. allopathic medicine, had its idea of, of what an organism is. And uh, the, the um, gene people were uh, representing a, 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 almost a religious line of thinking that uh, hated to 
admit that organisms were as complicated as they are. Uh, they mm-hmm. were imposing this system of beliefs all through science. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a book by someone that I knew uh, in the 1960s called Cold War in Biology that explains how uh, uh, there was a, a doctrinaire political uh, campaign going on all through the universities of America to uh, change the thinking and, and um, direct thoughts to um, genetic engineering to make it an mm-hmm. industrial, medical, uh, manageable uh, concept of, of how organisms work, uh, where the other people were going directly to the organisms, uh, seeing what happens. Uh, the the mainline thinking wanted to go from factories to uh, to doctors to um, what they could sell. So it, it, what they were doing was um, putting the marketing department first. And, yeah, uh, I noticed that in one of your descriptions, and I agree with you. I totally agree with you on that, Doctor. Uh, I've noticed that uh, when I have been out there for so long doing what I do with my research, and then I took a product to market, water. I was the first person to do what I did with water. And uh, I always uh, discuss the uh, benefit and uh, the education behind it all, and the marketing will come with it if you do that correctly to get it understood of what why the product has a benefit. And you're right. A lot of people go to the market selling the product and forgetting what the product is benefiting to do and more. And and you're right. They got into maybe the greed, let's call it, uh, to be fair to them. I'll come up with another side of it. But the greed of getting it out there, getting it understood, um, that uh, this will sell quicker, this will get a patent quicker maybe, uh, if, you, if, if they go about it that direction. And to be fair to everyone, I always say, well, the word patent, Dr. Pete came up long ago. And if you could get a patent on it, and uh, for so long, they didn't think you could get a patent on the description of water. And uh-huh. now they know they can. I did it. But the, dis- the thing is, is um, when I first launched a product for the skin, because I was so convinced that uh, what you're saying is the skin is dehydrating. The skin on the outside of the body needs hydration, water. And um, then they said, when I was looking for capital, they'd say, well, can it be patented, <laughs> you know? And I'm sitting there just fuming. Well, um, and then I learned, to be fair, everything in marketing has to be, they want it to be patented. Then when I decided to do one, I was asked to do one for the eyes because the dehydrated eyes at the service and the tear film, I studied it. And then we decided, let's try, uh, go for a patent there. And we've been patented, almost approved all over the world with a description of water. Now, uh, but when you look back on it, Dr. P, do you think that's why they left the water behind? Because water is the primary reason we're alive, and water is the uh, dehydration is the word that you'd very seldom hear about until all of a sudden lately. Have you noticed, Doctor? You're hearing the word dehydration quite commonly lately, not mm-hmm. just because your temperature is rising. You're hearing the word dehydration. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a matter of uh, being able to control uh, products. <clears throat> um, 
when I um, was take my first course in muscle physiology, um, water was absolutely neglected. Um, the, the membrane was there to keep the water inside, and uh, the enzymes caused reactions. But um, the the, um, uh, the way the water uh, handled, controlled. Uh, the chemical reactions was absolutely neglected, and the professors didn't want to talk about it. In electron microscopy, um, my professor had his model of how the little parts inside the cell worked, and uh, the uh, spaces were so narrow that only a few layers of water would fit between the molecules, but he absolutely didn't want to talk about uh, what was in those spaces. But um, a professor at the University of Washington, now Gerald Pollack, is demonstrating that uh, he has videos available on the Internet that are just amazing. He shows that the effect of a surface organizes water and causes water to uh, be in control of things dissolved in it at a tremendous distance out from the uh, the surface, uh, which is vastly greater than the areas involved inside the cell. So right. Uh, right. when you look back at what these professors were doing, uh, they were basically being crazy to ignore the great power of the water inside the cell when it, uh, Gerald Pollack is demonstrating that it extends out so you can see it in, in a beaker <laughs> or in a glass right. tube. Right, right. Now, isn't you know, and, and and to be fair, because of the medical team I've put together throughout the years, there are physicians and surgeons and all backgrounds, mm-hmm. naturopaths and more, uh, PhDs is until they have something to compare to, they're all afraid to discuss it. The nature of what it is. Now, you could answer that better than I. There's a nature to the water. There's a nature to its function, and uh, the dehydration effect from birth. And is it, do you believe, what do you think to analyze that, me? Uh, because it's been causing a lot of problems that they don't want to go to the nature of that molecule in the cell. In fact, I had a Nobel Prize winner on here, doctor, and he said, Sharon, he said, Sharon, I, it took me 25 years, millions of dollars, and no end of doctors to prove there is water there in that cell. <laughs> It didn't go anywhere. It's, you know, there's water. And, Dr. Pete, can you imagine how far we've come in research and they still don't want to admit that we're made up of water and when the research goes in to study all of these diseases and symptoms, they don't go after the dehydration in the water first. I think they should. And uh, I, when, I'm committed to that statement. <laughs> uh, when I was a little kid, I would ask people uh, why the water was blue and they would say it was the sky reflecting in it. And I was at Crater Lake on a cloudy oh. day when the sky was absolutely gray and the lake yeah. was just as blue as ever. And uh, yeah. the, the whole culture, including Science Magazine, the journal of the American uh, Association for the Advancement of Science, they were as recently as the 1970s publishing articles claiming that uh, basically, it was the uh, sky that it was the uh, uh, the way light uh, w- was uh, interacting with the water. But Linus Pauling 
way back in one of his textbooks, said in the properties of water, it's a blue substance. Uh, and uh, the, the fact that you can put water in a, in a bucket and it's blue, uh, it, it's simply uh, obvious to the eye, but science uh, had this insane uh, need to abstract things uh, to say water basically isn't there. It has only these things that we are willing to assign it. Uh, but in fact, that is so, you know, and that is the common sense. You know, and with your background, as, as educated as you are and as much as you've learned uh, with your research and more and publications to write now, but there's common sense. And in research, if they started using common, now I've been very lucky. I've had the head of stem cell reach, uh, stem cell transplant research from Harvard on here. She agrees water. Uh, I've had the head of nutrition uh, research uh, from Harvard, and he said water and nutrition. Uh, and you, with your background, have been pounding the pavement for so long. Water and the individualities of what is happening to the body and its water content and its cells and relationships to where how it's living. I've I've went after the air we're living in because I found that they had ignored the water vapor too, doctor. You don't you hear the word humidity, but water vapor, greenhouse gas go together. Uh carbon dioxide much later, but uh they there's an influence with the body water, the water vapor, the cloud system, the water on the surface of our uh, fresh water on the surface of our earth plus what's in the aquifer all over the world. That's a relationship we all have. And now, the, tell the, us the, you the forest are, are what you're great, teaching us. Uh, stabilizer of the the whole water system, groundwater and air water uh, depend on the interaction of forests. And so deforestation exactly has been uh, causing a, a terrible change in the water system. Exactly, and the, and, and the water vapor and the cloud system. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, we have a part of our team, uh, 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 Dwayne, Dr. Dwayne Cecil, Ph.D., who was with NASA for 35 years, and NOAA, and uh, he has said the same thing, uh, that uh, this impact, of what, we, but it can be corrected. Uh, yep. They can go back in, and you know, Doctor, I truly believe that I, I could be wrong, and you know better than I, and I'm going to give you an example. People are not educated about it. They, when we're talking water, we're talking about the obvious. There's the puddle, there's the lake, there's the stream, there's the river. Uh, we've got to be careful with the irrigation water. They're, they're hearing always the same thing. Uh, they're never hearing that they're water, that they're made up of water, and the impact on them with the water vapor and the cloud system, the fresh water on the surface. They're not really, people have to be impacted personally to feel what is happening to them. The education has not been what you just said today. The walking human being is water, and we need to look at the symptoms of their life individually as being related to the water and them, and the water around them. They're not being educated about that, Doctor. Uh, part of the, the water system uh, is the uh, trunk of trees. Um, the the uh, 
the wood is moist and there are channels uh, so that uh, uh, the moisture from inside the tree uh, comes out into the leaves uh, when uh, the uh, the roots are slightly deprived of water. Uh, the the, um, the tree can live by moving water from inside its trunk. And the, the bigger the trunk is, the greater the reservoir of available water uh, to put back into the air. And um, if you cut down trees that are five or six feet in diameter and replace them with a forest of trees that are six or eight inches in diameter, uh, they are uh, unstable as uh, regulators of atmospheric water uh, because there's just a very tiny uh, reservoir available to them. Uh, So when the humidity goes down in the air, uh, they aren't able to uh, replenish it from these huge tanks of water in their trunks. And what's going on below their root system into the base of our of the earth below the soil? Yeah, you know, so they, something just came brought... to my mind uh, as you were talking. And uh, you know, when our forest uh, environmentalists were very concerned about the forest and and not c- uh, the cutting and all, but they also didn't want to have the dead the dead trees cut or the dead brush, which brought in a lot of insects and problems. What is in and this, I don't, if I uh, if I put you in a spot, don't let me do that with this question. But what happens to the healthy forest when you have dead trees around it, uh, around the forest and in, in the forest and uh, and the brush and the and the, and the insects? What would that do to dehydration to the trees? Well, the, the insects come in after the forest is dying, basically, uh, because the the immune system of the tree. Uh, depends on good nourishment. And part Mm -hmm. of the nourishment uh, comes from the rotting old generations. Uh, It's like organic gardening. You uh, put the the, uh, residue, the corn stalks, uh, chop them up, let them rot, and put them back in the soil so that the minerals that were taken out of the soil are constantly going back into the soil. If Mm -hmm. you uh, take... a fire, a forest fire, will uh, reduce the uh, brush and dead material to ashes. But the ashes feed the soil and the next generation of trees and keep the cycle going. But if you haul out the lumber and burn it somewhere else and dump the uh, ashes basically into the rivers and ocean, you're polluting the rivers and oceans and starving the forest soils by hauling that tremendous amount of organic. Uh, mineral uh, residue mm-hmm. out of the forests. You know, uh, when you're talking uh, there for a moment, uh, I was following you with um, why you t- chose. You're so knowledgeable, and you've done you've done exactly what is so important to save lives in this planet. Is you went to the depths of of the origination of what the planet started with. We started with uh, water vapor, water fresh water, and then, of course, all of that uh, ran down to a low point called an ocean. And fresh water has an enormous influence on this planet. Uh, you know, as Gene Cernan said when he was on the, uh, on the moon the last time, and he's looking back at Earth, and he sees that blue ball uh, of water vapor around Earth, blue, Here, there's the blue, 
and he said that's God's porch. Uh, and meaningfully that the water, without the water and understanding and better education about water, people will take it for granted. And it's like, uh, oh, Peter Brayback, the chairman of Nestle, said, and he's really on, uh, passionate about water and the mission for himself and Water 2 Doctor. He said, too, people don't realize they're pricing it now because it, it, people have taken it so much for granted, Doctor, that it's going to become so much more expensive. Because they took it way too for granted, water. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Vandana Shiva has some very important videos available on the Internet. Uh, she was trained as a physicist, I think a nuclear physicist. But uh, she realized that, uh, that nuclear energy wasn't uh, going to help the, the health of the planet, that uh, looking at the water economy was the That's really the woman. Did thing. you hear me before I started the show? That's the book I was talking about on the sh- at the beginning of the show. Uh, yeah, uh, she yeah. Water for many Water. years has has been uh, doing uh, videos and movies, documentaries on mm-hmm. the importance of um, saving the water resources. We need to take a break. This will be our last one. Don't go anywhere. And then we're going to come back, and you're going to educate us about what your research has been finding in um, the different categories of progesterone and the hormones. And uh, then we'll get into uh, aging and nutrition because that aging and nutrition go together and and the dehydration effects of the body as far as I'm concerned. So don't go anywhere. I'm really enjoying this. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, listen to our sponsor with Nature's Tears Eye Mist with Just a Mist. Did you know your eyes are 98% water at the surface? When you're supplementing a dehydration of dry eye, what is dry eye? It's a, a lack of water, dehydration of the water at the surface of the eye. We'll listen to our sponsor with Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Dr. Pete. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Pete, you have spent a lot of time studying progesterone and the hormones, and I've been reading here uh, about you, your, your um, valuations on the effects of, of estrogen, radiation, stress, and lack of oxygen, which I believe dehydration causes stress. Um, could you explain to us uh, and, and, and talk to the audience like they need to be educated about the progesterone and the hormones, as if they don't really understand how they function. Um, the um, the organism, the structure is mainly a, a system of protein molecules and uh, fat and nucleic acids, DNA, and those things are, uh, in a way, peripheral to the basic protein structure. And the protein... Uh, changes its electrical uh, properties according to uh, the chemical reactions going on inside. And uh, it can uh, change its acidity or alkalinity according to the metabolism and what you're eating. And uh, ordinary, uh, like a a sponge or a a bowl of jello, any uh, system with a lot of protein in it, uh, will change the way it holds water according to the degree of acidity and alkalinity. Acidity makes it give up water. Alkalinity makes it retain water. And uh, the uh, the protein itself is on the acidic side, but it associates with um, alkaline metals like uh, sodium, potassium, calcium, and magnesium. And these uh, neutralize the acidity of the proteins. And they, and the metabolism uh, of um, basically burning sugar in the presence of oxygen, that energy uh, is what regulates the balance of acidity and alkalinity. And in turn, it's the alkalinity, essentially, that makes the organism retain water. And so edema, uh, where your feet or or fingers swell up, uh, uh, that is uh, regulated. It's it's the result of uh, bad metabolism uh, letting your hormones uh, get out of balance, changing the acidity and alkalinity of the, of the whole organism so that instead of the water staying inside cells where it belongs, it falls out of cells and uh, collects in your, your feet and fingers or whatever is, is downhill under gravity. And the, um, the hormone that is most responsible for keeping the cells hydrated and functional, uh, demonstrating the the processes that Albert St. Georgie went around the country uh, demonstrating in lectures with uh, fluorescent lights showing uh, that the muscle would uh, become luminous 
when it contracted and and dark when it was relaxed. these changes in the state of water are, are constantly being regulated, mainly by the thyroid hormone uh, letting us use oxygen to produce energy. And the thyroid uh, maintains the uh, protective hormones uh, such as progesterone, uh, pregnenolone, testosterone, DHEA. And under stress, or injury, uh, some of the testosterone or DHEA changes into estrogen, which changes the uh, ability to regulate water. It tends to uh, create the edema state, but the edema uh, reverses the the functional state of of the organism momentarily uh, to put it back into a a growth condition so that uh, it can renew the the cells. That's its function. Once a month, there should be a surge of estrogen uh, in a woman's tissues to um, uh, prepare her for pregnancy and lactation. But if the estrogen persists too long, then the water is uh, out of control throughout the organism and it tends to cause the, uh, the swelling, headaches, uh, nervous tension, uh, swollen feet, and so on, uh, associated with premenstrual syndrome or pregnancy problems, and so on. And uh, thyroid and, and progesterone are the the most powerful hormones in preserving the proper retention of water in cells. Not too much, not too little. Now, on young young people, uh, let's say uh, I've always used this as an example. The moment the baby left its mother's womb and the pocket of water, we entered in the air we live in. And that's water vapor humidity and the influences of that from there on. And uh, there's no moisture meter today like they have blood pressure checks yet. I hope to gosh we can do one someday and decide what is happening by checking that out regularly, what is happening in the body. And what you have just said is that the individual, how, how does an individual know this is all happening? Well, um, uh, the aging process is essentially a, a loss of water. Uh, a, a baby exactly. has an extremely high uh, water content in its tissues, 80-something percent, I think. And yes. a very old person, it gets down approaching maybe 55 percent. And... Uh, the uh, function decreases uh, along with the water so that a baby has an extremely high metabolic rate and ability to heal tissues. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, once the, uh, at, at puberty, uh, the uh, uh, resistance, health, vitality, everything is at a maximum. And uh, after that, everything uh, tends to go downhill, the ability to heal gradually decreases with aging, but all along the uh, uh, the water content of the tissue, right from conception uh, to death, uh, it's a, a decreasing percentage of water inside every cell, except now, uh, we've the talked cells about that are... Water and, you know, you've got to know a lot to help our listeners understand we were talking about the acidity of the body and the alkaline that is so important. Tell us about what you've been learning about nutrition. 
uh, here in America, all over the world, their nutrition habits were based on and uh, founders of taste. What is to you the best nutrition to help retain the water, to detoxify the body, and uh, keep a, a real uh, gradual um, uh, dehydration of the body that's healthy? Uh, so the person will not age too quickly, but but and be healthier. Uh, what is some of the? What did you learn about nutrition? Uh, there were some studies uh, about twenty or thirty years ago uh, in which, uh, if you feed the animal or even the tissue in a dish, uh, if you feed it saturated fat such as coconut oil, the cells of the skin uh, grow in an orderly way retaining their moisture, keeping the skin plump, firm, and uh, uh, resilient. Um, if you feed them polyunsaturated fats, uh, they mature very quickly as if under the influence of a vitamin A deficiency or, or um, estrogen excess. Uh, and uh, are, they're more susceptible to uh, sun damage. Um, the cells grow uh, slowly and in uh, irregular columns, and the skin overall is thinner. Um, so the, the sun damage and uh, too much polyunsaturated fat in the diet makes the skin uh, age and uh, become uh, disorganized prematurely. Uh, that got me interested in, in coconut oil. And um, about 20 years ago, I started writing about uh, the... the um, biological effects of increasing... What about coconut water? Um, I've it, studied it, has, it a little bit, too. Uh, uh, well, it's a, a great source of minerals, and uh, if it's fresh, it, it has very good sugar, and the sugar um, oxidizes, uh, mm -hmm. produces carbon dioxide, and the carbon dioxide is the main power in regulating uh, the alkalinity of, of cells. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's what moves uh, minerals in and out of cells and uh, in through your kidneys and so on. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, the um, fruits, uh, uh, um, orange juice is is a, an ideal source of carbohydrate because it has uh, its own minerals with it, the same as uh, coconut water. Mm -hmm. um, and um, milk is a good food. Uh, cheese. Uh, because of the high so you're not mineral. you're not anti dairy your research hasn't proven anything about being anti dairy uh, no because of the high value of the uh high high uh, calcium content and the low ratio of phosphate to calcium because uh phosphate is a an age accelerating thing so a, a diet high in uh meat and nuts for example has a, a serious excess of phosphate and a deficiency of calcium. And mm -hmm. calcium is one of the best things for uh, stimulating the rate of metabolism and preventing obesity. Uh, people who uh, drink milk regularly uh, are a, a very slim population in proportion to uh, the amount of calories they consume. And there have I been a couple studies... In, in which uh, dementia is much higher in populations that don't drink any milk. Hmm. Wow. 
Now, I also want to ask you about, you've got an article here about aging eyes, infant eyes, and, and, um, uh, and you've done a lot of research on that and uh, the lungs. Um, tell us about what you were learning about eyes, because that's been a field I've been involved with now for 10 years with research um, about the, the eyes and uh, what's happening with the environment and exposures with the environment today. Um, I especially got interested in how the uh, transparency of the uh, cornea, lens, and uh, uh, vitreous humor, how that works. When I was in Mexico at uh, Lake Potsquaro, uh, the fish there are transparent, at least they used to be. I think pollution is changing it, but uh, in the market they would pile up uh, fish that were the size of, of small trouts and uh, uh, even uh, s- some some uh, eight inches long, others about the size of a, a cigar. But you could read a, a magazine cover right through the fish, absolute transparency. And uh, uh, that got me uh, interested in the issue of, of what makes the, uh, the sclera the uh, the cornea or the lens able to be mm-hmm. transparent even though it has relatively little water it's a very tough uh, hard rubbery tissue and uh, the state of the water is so organized uh, and and you have to uh, think about uh, Gerald Pollock's research to think about what organization can mean to water uh, the the molecules are lined up such that uh, the quantum energy is organized as it moves through. Um, there's an, another very important website, Mei Wan Ho. Uh, uh, her last name is just H-O, um, called, um, I think it's ISIS, ISIS Institute for uh, Science. Um, and she uh, writes about the coherence of organisms involving this uh, quantum level organization of water molecules and she has illustrations of uh, uh, the uh, uh, color continuity right through a whole organism showing that uh, the the light has to be uh, organized by the organism as a whole not by individual random atoms and um, in the lens and the cornea, what this means is that if, for example, you have too much um, inflammation, too much estrogen, uh, too much ultraviolet radiation, um, anything that excites the tissue too much, it uh, lets the water get disorganized. And uh, the water content increases just the way edema causes uh, water to accumulate in your feet or fingers where it shouldn't be. The water accumulates in a loose form, and that's what causes the opacity of a cataract. Uh, It's actually too much water uh, because it's out of control and disorganized. Do you think um, that's because we've been studying that in the ophthalmology field? Do you think that's because of the dehydration of the atmospheric influence of the eye? 
uh, being uh, dehydrating too quickly because it, it can't keep up. They've been we've been learning that if there's too much water, it's because the water isn't it is dehydrating too quickly. Um, well, the um, the proteins are dehydrating. They are losing uh, the control of the water. Mm-hmm. So the, the the living substance is there. We go. Yeah, it, it's right. it's lost its water, and the water is accumulating basically in random places. Yeah, and if, if the body, and maybe you can help me with this one, when we've been, I've been studying, if the body is swelling, it's not, it's 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 trying to hold back on its loss of water. It's dehydrating too quickly. Uh, and the eyes, now as you've said here, the uh, you know the eyes and the brain are connected in the womb at the same time. So the brain being uh, an estimated 80% water and then the eyes at the surface and the tear film, about a, in that tear film aqueous layer, about 98% water. If it's overreacting, that the water is dehydrating too quickly. Uh, with, uh, the, and then with the carbohydrates that we're talking about and fats, in the food, uh, the cells are getting. I'm 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 very blunt about this. The the toxin in the cell is getting t- too heated, and you can correct me. And I call that almost a manure. It cannot expel. It cannot detoxify. It's heating up. Now you you can c- correct me or help me with that. Um, the age pigment is um, uh, involved. It's what um, you see accumulating in spots on old people's mm-hmm. skin, uh, but it, it uh, starts any time the tissue isn't getting enough oxygen uh, to retain uh, its uh, water the way it should. Uh, the polyunsaturated fats uh, become oxidized and uh, form clumps of this dark orange or brown or black pigment. And uh, this uh, wastes oxygen and, and creates a vicious circle. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely junk accumulating in cells, uh, but with enough energy, uh, progesterone and thyroid, for example, can energize the cell enough to reverse that age pigment. But uh, it helps greatly if you uh, uh, use uh, things like uh, milk, orange juice, uh, Coconut water and coconut oil are good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not definitely not the thing. We're out of time, uh, but I need to ask you. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind just now is you're living in Eugene, Oregon, where the University of Oregon football team with Chip Kelly was well known in, in the past few years that he really worked with his team on the science of health as a behavior and nutrition and sleep and attitude. Did, I, were you hired by him? Because <laughs> no. everything you're saying is exactly what everybody, how everybody, I call it the health Olympics, doctor. Everybody should get out of bed every day and be in the health Olympics. And uh, but what, how, what would you like to say to the audience? Uh, with your, you definitely have done so much. What do you? St- uh, we've only got about half a minute left. Uh, what would you like to say to the audience worldwide on what you think you're going to be learning? Oh, uh, there's so much on the internet. Um, if you look at websites like uh, Vandana Shiva and uh, Gerald Pollack 
and uh, Martin Chaplin has a great water website, uh, many pages mm-hmm. of very detailed information. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you can uh, get information that your doctor uh, won't know for 100 years. Exactly. And then go to yours. It's www.raypeat.com. Well, we're out of time. I enjoyed it, and I know the world out there did too, Ray, uh, Dr. Pete. Uh, I, just, I hope I can have you back on someday because in the future when you have a moment, because there's so much more uh, that I could have had you discuss today, but we really did learn a lot. I thank you so much for all you've done, your uh, commitment, and don't back off of the medical field. I know they're coming. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. You have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Well, we're out of time, and I have to close, but I want to thank every, uh, Polly Featherton for getting Dr. Ray Pete. Uh, I think that's always going to be one of our most exciting educational shows. I know that you should embrace your life. You're in the Health Olympics and embrace somebody else's. But Earth is whispering to us every moment of the day, do not take anything, take it all with you. Leave something behind of yourself. It's so important. And uh, I want to thank you for listening. I appreciate every one of our guests. I'm sure you will too. And uh, when you, I want you to have a nice day. Think of the water. Drink your water. And think about your health. You're in the Health Olympics with all of us. Thank you for listening. You have a nice day. And you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel, with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.